Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. and happy Tuesday, a busy Tuesday. Michigan voters going to the polls today. Two dynamics to watch. One, how will Muslim voters, who are a very important part of Joe Biden's winning 2020 coalition, how will they vote this time? They're being told by people like Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib to vote non-committed, not to give their vote to Joe Biden. How large will that non-committed vote be and what message will it send to Joe Biden that maybe his chances in Michigan in the fall are in jeopardy. There's another dynamic to watch. Blue-collar workers, particularly those who are auto workers, who are becoming acutely aware that Joe Biden's EV mandate is going to eliminate a large number of UAW jobs in the long term. Sure, they got a sweetheart contract now, but the truth of the matter is, according to the CBO and others who have studied it, there's going to be a significant reduction of auto worker jobs in Michigan because EVs have far few components. They're not as complicated as a combustion engine. And so the reality is happy workers today could be unemployed workers in the future. And you just saw the head of Ford say, hey, we're going to think very seriously about where we put car manufacturing plants in the future after what happened with UAW in the negotiations this spring and summer. The third will be, what do young voters do? Young voters motivated a lot by the Israel-Gaza war because they seem to be more sympathetic to the Gazans than they are to the Israelis who were attacked unprovoked on October 7th. They're also unhappy with some of the, what they view as backsliding by Joe Biden on climate change. How will they vote? How much, in other words, will Joe Biden's coalition from 2020 be exposed as eroded in the Michigan vote tonight? Now, on the flip side, Donald Trump's going to win easily tonight. But the question is, what happens to Nikki Haley's voters? What happens to the anti-Trump voters? Is there a path for Donald Trump to connect and create a pathway for those people to come over and support him in the fall election? Those are the dynamics we're going to be watching out of the Michigan primary in the next few days. Now, today we're going to focus on the story we focused on yesterday. I do not want Lakin Riley's case to be lost in vain. Her memory washed away as just another episode of another person killed by another illegal alien who shouldn't have been in the country. There are so many 
elements of failure in this story. Uh, yesterday, we focused on the Democratic policy failures because it was the connection between three different liberal policies, catch and release, sanctuary cities, and then the third part, work permits for someone who may have committed a crime and shouldn't have been in the story, but that's what we're doing now for illegal aliens in the country. That led Jose Ibarra to Athens, Georgia, where he allegedly committed this crime. He's charged with the crime. Today, we're going to focus on something else, which is Republicans talk about, oh, we're tough on illegal immigration. We have solutions. We're passing things. And it's true. 15 years ago, 15 years ago, Georgia passed laws banning sanctuary cities in its presence. And yet today, there are communities from Atlanta to Athens that practice essentially sanctuary city policies, not recognizing detainers, letting illegal aliens go even if they're caught in a crime. I'm going to have a hard conversation today with several Georgia Republicans. One of them is going to come on the show. Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to join us at the top of the hour. But if Republicans say their law does this, why don't they enforce it? And that is a very, very big issue. Tonight on the TV show, Mike Collins is going to come on. We'll get him on the podcast tomorrow. We're going to ask the same question of him because these are two lawmakers that want Republicans to just stop saying things and not meaning what they say. Republicans should say what they mean and mean what they say. So should Democrats. This is a case on immigration where both Republicans and Democrats have let the American taxpayer, the American citizen down. They let Lake and Riley down. This is a bipartisan crisis of inaction. When the Republicans tried in the Senate a few weeks ago to ram through what they said was a historic immigration bill, that allowed 5,000 people a day. That means there could have been as many as 5,000 Jose Abarros every day coming in before Senate Republicans saw a crisis. We're going to talk to Senator Ted Cruz later this week about that. And just keep that in mind. Republicans are complicitous. They are folding and bending on winning issues, and they're not enforcing laws that are in front of them often. Now, they're not all the same. Ken Paxton and Governor Abbott down in Texas, obviously holding the line. But the top of the show is going to be talking about the Georgia Republicans with one of them joining us, Marjorie Taylor Greene. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk to the one and only Dr. Peter McCullough. He is one of the most sage voices during the COVID-19 pandemic. He just had a peer-reviewed study pulled from a journal because it highlighted some concerns about the COVID-19 vaccine. He's going to explain that for us. And also, Peter McCullough's company, the wellness company, a big partner with Just the News and John Solomon reports the podcast. They've created an extraordinary telemedicine product where you can get in advance needed antibiotics so that when you have an emergency and you can't get to a doctor or, hey, there's a pharmacy under cyber attack like there was earlier this week, or there's shortages in the supply chain. I went a couple of weeks ago to get a common pill I've been taking for years and like, it's going to take four or five days. We're just out of supply. We never used to be out of supply. It's one of the most common drugs in America. So you don't have to deal with that anymore. Why? This is really cool. They have created telemedicine in America. The wellness company and Peter McCullough will describe how that is beginning to disrupt and improve America's medical system. We're going to have that in the second block of the show. We got a good one for you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Marjorie Taylor Greene right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. 
It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As you know, I spent a big part of the top of the show talking about Republicans' own complicity in failing to solve the border crisis, whether it was the Senate bill that would have allowed 5,000 illegal aliens a day into the country without considering it a crisis, or whether it's down in Georgia, where they pass a law that says sanctuary cities are illegal and then allow sanctuary cities to ex- exist, at least in practice, as was the case in Athens. I want to go get what I consider one of the Jiminy Cricket contracts of the Republican Party, never afraid to call out her party or the Democrats when on the wrong side of the issue. She knows something about this Georgia case because she lives there. She is Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me on, John. I have watched your tweets the last few days, and you have had some very important and I think profound things to say about Lake and Riley's death, that it not be in vain. Every aspect of this case was avoidable your takeaways after absorbing everything we've learned in the fact base over the last few days? Well, first of all, I want to express on behalf of my home state of Georgia how heartbroken and how extremely angry we are here in Georgia that Lake and Riley, this beautiful 22-year-old young uh, college student at, at my alma mater, University of Georgia, was murdered by an illegal alien. Um, here in the state of Georgia, it's just it's unspeakable. And 
and people have been, I mean, I've watched people cry over this. I have talked with her father, who her father, John, and, and, and her mother, Allison, are, are beyond devastated as anyone. Oh, I can't even imagine. No, you can, it, none of us can imagine. It's the unbearable, uh, even the thoughts of it are unbearable. But here's, here's the part that is the worst. It's the worst part as it is every time this happens, because this isn't the first time that this has happened. We can go back to Kate Steinle. And we could revisit every single American murder by an illegal alien, whether it's an actual murder or whether they're killed in, in a car accident, whether they're killed by an illegal alien, alien drinking and driving or doing drugs, whatever it is, or, or trafficking illegals across the state border um, that killed two of my constituents uh, last year. Every single time it happens, it shouldn't have happened. It was, an, un, it was avoidable. And, you know, here in Georgia, I've gotten really tired of watching my Georgia Republicans here in, in our state pointing the finger at, at the Biden administration. When in the state of Georgia, we have a Republican governor, we have a Republican state legislator, and we have a Republican attorney general. And the fact that they passed a law years ago that we do not have sanctuary cities here in the state of Georgia, but yet at the same time, these same Republicans have turned their head and ignored the fact that Democrat-run cities like Athens and the city of Atlanta do harbor illegal aliens. They choose to not prosecute them. I remember um, Keisha Lance Bottoms refused to allow ICE to use the jail in the city of Atlanta. And this goes on and on. And I'm going to tell you, John, I am warning my entire state that when Republicans are soft and Republicans are weak, we are going to lose our state to Democrats, and we are on the we are very close to doing that because they they won our two Senate seats in 2020, and they are building and building and building. So Republicans have to get tougher in the state of Georgia. You can't cry foul and just point fingers at other people when you're unwilling to use the power you have and stop these things. Yeah, and just the laws that are on the books. I mean, that's what's so remarkable. Georgia got the law right in 2009, but if it isn't enforced, when you look back, is it the governor's responsibility, the attorney general? Who should be enforcing this to make sure that, because it's not too late, there might be another episode someday in the future where this could be prevented. Where is the pressure got to be applied in Georgia to get the law applied uh, so that uh, these cities don't thumb their nose at it? Well, I'll say across the board, but one uh, one person in particular, our Attorney General Chris Carr, should be using the law. He he is our Attorney General. He is the one that come, can come and put the pressure um, on these cities and and force it to happen. Also, our state legislature they can do something about it. And you know they've been setting up this review board that is supposed to act like an oversight committee um, over DAs who are not doing their job. Um, we've got quite a few of them here in the state of Georgia. And I do very much support this oversight committee, but it needs to have teeth. They need to have the ability to remove these DAs from office. These are DAs uh, such as Fannie Willis. These are DAs such as the one in Athens, Clark County. These are, these are DAs that are, are refusing to prosecute real criminals um, but, but instead, they play politics with their, their positions of power, forcing DEI policies on their employees and, you know, targeting who they perceive as political opponents like Donald Trump. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a remarkable moment we're living in. The Americans look at this and say, is this really America anymore? I don't recognize it. It's uh, it's so insane. Um, one quick question. Tomorrow's a big day. Hunter Biden's going to come on in, allegedly, for his um, transcribed interview. What are you expecting? What do you hope Republicans achieve with it tomorrow? Well, number one, I sit on that on the oversight committee, and I'll be there for that deposition. So we'll see <laughs> if Hunter Biden doesn't run away again when I open my mouth ask him questions. That's right. He ran off last time, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. He got up and ran out the door the minute I started speaking to him. Um, we'll see him at 10 o'clock if, he, if he's brave enough to show up. Um, and we, we have many questions to ask him. Uh, so I look forward to that happening. We also have to stand our ground. I'm urging my colleagues once again to not fund the war in Ukraine. Extremely important for us to not fund that war. That country needs peace and it needs to be over with. And then at the end of the week, we've got to deal with government funding. And John, I have to tell you, we should have been funding the government months ago. We have not passed or moved a single appropriation bill since they ousted Kevin McCarthy. And um, shame on our conference. That's all I've got to say. We should have been doing it. It's decelerated. The effort to do what you promised actually is decelerated with the change of speakership. It's it's really mind boggling to watch. I don't I don't know what to make of it. Um, Congresswoman, I know how busy you are. I just wanted to get your take on these things today. We're so grateful. We'll be looking forward to your questions tomorrow with Hunter Biden. I'm sure they'll make some news out of that. You always are fighting to get us the truth. So we're grateful for that. Thank you so much, John. I'll I'll keep you updated on what we find out tomorrow. Thank you so much. Everyone listening is going to be excited to find out. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Peter McCullough up next after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. 
You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I promised a very special treat today, and we're going to deliver. As you know, Justin News has an incredible partnership with the Wellness Company. Of course, the Wellness Company's driving force is the one and only Dr. Peter McCullough, and he is joining us right now. Doctor, great to have you on the show Thanks for having me. Before we jump into some really big news that you broke on your Substack, I think it's one of the most important scientific study retractions I've seen in a long time. Just real quickly, your motivation when you started the wellness company, it really is this growing telemedicine world is really changing our own communities. Tell us what drove you to do it. I have been uh, admittedly a critic of the government response to the pandemic. Yeah. Both on failure to treat patients early and also on the vaccines. But I've also provided solutions, including uh, the first early treatment protocols, detoxification protocols, and now the wellness company. The wellness company is uh, an alternative source of healthcare. It's a cash-based, very affordable system that people added on, uh, you know, as a resource to their insurance. It's 24 by seven telemedicine, health and education materials, the supplements, the leading supplements we use to treat long COVID and post-vaccine injury. Right. syndromes, and the wellness company is helping people get better worldwide. Yeah, and it's uh, it's so innovative. And um, folks, if you haven't uh, checked it out, if you haven't gone and actually seen the membership options, uh, you are missing out on a great opportunity and perhaps its most important uh, asset, the medical emergency kit, five medicines, uh, uh, and a prescription specifically. If you actually talk to a real doctor before you get any of this medicine, it's really great. Doctor, I want to turn, uh, you have a very powerful Substack. I think one of the most important voices in on Substack these days. And there is this uh, study that came out that made some pretty clear uh, confirmations of safety issues around uh, COVID-19, the vaccines. And then all of a sudden, the journal just retracted it. Why is that such a big deal? I was an editor for over 20 years, two major journals. I never retracted a paper, never as an editor, because the peer review process is a fair process that culminates in a publication acceptance, contract, and copywriting. So we'd never retract a paper unless it violated what's called the COPE guidelines, which deal with research integrity, uh, plagiarism, uh, with, uh, uh, you, you know, basically criminal activities. It, it, for a paper to get retracted, it has to, to violate one of these uh, very serious core principles. What we've seen through COVID, and this is the third time it's happened to me, is papers being retracted for no reason, for fundamentally no reason. And we're suspicious that uh, what uh, Senator Ron Johnson called yesterday in his session, the, the COVID cartel, this vaccine syndicate, is putting pressure on publishers and editors to essentially censor the medical literature like social media is being censored. Yeah. It's remarkable. So what specifically did this study, and it was peer-reviewed if I understand it, what did this study ultimately conclude? Well, here's the context. So the first author is Nathaniel Mead. 
Uh, he's a former NIH uh, staff member, and he's uh, an epidemiologist. I'm a senior author as an MD and an epidemiologist. And uh, this comprehensively reviewed the entire clinical trials program for the messenger RNA vaccines, 293 references. It had uh, uh, numerous peer reviewers. It addressed hundreds and hundreds of comments through this three-month, very arduous peer review process. So the final product is fully accepted by the journal. The editors sign off on this. Everyone signs off. It's copyrighted. It's it's. Uh, 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 you know, contracted, published, it gets on the platform. It got record views, reads, and downloads. This is astonishing. The average paper on the platform gets 2,700 uh, views and reads and downloads uh, in a year. We got 330,000 in a month. And and there's a rating scale from uh, 1 to 10 that the readers can rate it. Ours was rated at 9.3, which is considered outstanding or groundbreaking, according to their uh, scale. And so what happens? We think some external forces, probably big pharma, puts pressure on Springer Nature, the group. They call in a junior uh, publication integrity author, uh, Turges, and then essentially he brings up eight points that we've already handled in the um, review process regarding the various references and, and uh, inferences that we make. And we put together a, you know, a multi-page, very thorough rebuttal, saying we've already handled this. And then within, we, once we submitted our rebuttal, within minutes to an hour, he says it's retracted. So here we go again. Now what happens is this paper gets even more press. Why are they trying to censor it? It's just like a social media video that gets censored. Everybody wants to see it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It, uh, that's the funny thing is that uh, their effort to silence it actually creates the intrigue for more and more people to explore what's going on. But I think that the, the, you've talked about this on, on our TV show and we've talked about it before. It is um, a moment now where Americans are so confused by the medical establishment that they're starting not to trust even their local doctor because they associate it with all of this insanity. There is a real reckoning at this a moment where people may not follow the future public health recommendations because there's so much distrust. How do we begin to reverse that dynamic? Because it's a very dangerous dynamic long term. We're, we're starting to see it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's uh, happening. The recent measles outbreak in Florida. Right. And, uh, you know, where public health has standard recommendations, now the Surgeon General says, wait a minute, that's not, you know, completely reasonable. And, uh, you know, the CDC is not used to this. They're not used to people questioning their uh, authority. But now people are because of the COVID-19 debacle. I think patients need to have some honest conversations with their doctors. I, I think it's really good to ask where they stand on the vaccines now. An honest answer could be, listen, I didn't take the vaccine. I didn't think it was safe. Uh, I never recommended it, or I took the vaccine, but now I understand it's not safe. There's calls for it to be removed. Right. But if doctors are still in this narrative saying, listen, here, take, you know, take your 10th shot, yeah. people should be questioning this. And it really does start with your personal relationship with your doctor. And I think that's some really great advice. I know people want to fix the larger monstrosity of, of uh, bureaucratic science, but it really, for a person, it's really getting right with your doctor and making sure you and your doctor are on the same page, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, at this point in time, the doctors who did support the vaccination, it's going to be tough, but they have to admit they made a mistake. Recently, we saw Dr. Annette Bosworth on the Internet come out and say, listen, her, her fans have been telling her for two years, listen, these vaccines are causing side effects. She finally capitulates. She said, listen, I had all my kids vaccinated. Everybody close to me vaccinated. And I made a mistake. She's honest 
we need to see a lot more honesty. From yeah, doctors. boy, that goes a long way in just creating credibility to have the sort of conversations we're going to have to have down the road because these larger agencies, the CDC, the FDA, uh, the uh, uh, some of the state health societies and uh, licensing boards, uh, they're a much larger, longer project to try to get confidence back in. Do you see any beyond, uh, you mentioned the Ron Johnson hearing yesterday. That was a really dramatic moment. He's done a several of these. Uh, I think one of the most important voices in just challenging uh, a narrative that now is eroding. Uh, what are some of the fixes that you're watching right now that you think have larger institutional uh, change opportunity? Well, a big one is going to be Missouri versus Biden. It's technically called Murthy versus Biden now. But that's the big social media censorship Supreme Court case. Where Listen to this. Uh, do you know there's two physician groups that are on the side of freedom of speech? Association of American Physician and Surgeons and American Frontline Doctors. Do you know there are doctor organizations that are on the side of censorship? It's remarkable. Yeah. The AMA, American College of Physicians, many others. So believe it or not, the doctor groups are on either side of this argument. And boy, we need a Supreme Court decision, I hope, supporting freedom of speech. Yeah, these are this is the free speech, I think, uh, case of our generation. And um, and what we've learned about uh, the basis for a lot of these censorship uh, decisions and pressures that were applied to social media, uh, it really, when you look at it now and the body of evidence that's now in the marketplace, whether it's about where the virus originated from or what uh, could be made as promises about the vaccine that turned out to be really false promises, um, the case looks even worse now. I think the censorship looks even worse now, two and three years later with the body of evidence. Are there enough reflective members of the medical profession uh, to create the sort of change and get getting right with the American public? Or are too many people still dug into the original narrative just because it's about pride and, and camaraderie and perhaps dollars at stake from Big Pharma? Too many dug in right now. And I can tell you that the day the chief of medicine comes out from Mayo Clinic or Harvard or Duke, one of our marquee institutions and said, listen, the vaccines were a mistake. That'll be an important day in medicine. Right now, academia is not cracking. Do you know Harvard University is still mandating the vaccines on the students where virtually every other university is, is pulled out? It's remarkable. Yeah, yeah it's a, there's a, that's an institution with lots of ailments, including uh, anti-Semitism and other as well. But uh, wow, really remarkable. Um, when you look at the work you've done, and you've probably done uh, the most compelling work in exposing just the raw data about what we know about the COVID-19 vaccine, what are the top lines now that are no longer in doubt? We are at about 17 million people who've died after the vaccine worldwide. Dennis Rancourt from Montreal have shown this. The autopsy paper I've led uh, shows that about 73.9% of the deaths are directly due to the vaccine. We have a couple thousand Americans who have died either on the same day they took it or the day afterwards, according to the CDC. These numbers are too high. None of our presidential candidates, Democrat or Republican, have even come to realize this yet and reconcile it. I mean, this is the biggest American story of all time, and they're talking about other things. You know, our presidential candidates and our senators, uh, you know, I was invited to the Senate yesterday. I couldn't go because of patient duties. But I was going to ask, you know, Johnson always asks, where are the doctors? I was going to ask him, where are the senators? Yeah, that's a good question, too. He's an outlier, even in his own institution. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a lack of political will right now. And, and um, it's so remarkable to see the PAC mentality 
uh, continue. We're, we're now three or four years. We're out of the crisis. Um, uh, people have calmed their emotions. And yet the pack has stuck together, even though the facts, the evidence is is uh, still overwhelming that these vaccines have not had first the promised efficacy that we were told, promised benefit, and then, of course, the side effects. Um, there are things like the um, uh, Barrington Declaration that then moved into a second project to try to get new standards for the next pandemic, because we really aren't one step better uh, for, uh, to addressing the ne- next pandemic than we were going into this pandemic. W- is there anything you see helpful right now where people are looking at and say, all right, we're still going to fight over COVID. We're going to get this right over time, but we got to start changing the mentality for the next pandemic so that we're focused not just on vaccines, but on on uh, daily treatments and regimens that could have saved a lot of lives in COVID-19. Now, almost every state is having lessons learned types of Senate hearings. I'm on a standing committee for Arizona where, you know, we bring up topics like the states ought to know where gain-of-function research is being done in their state because, you know, there is no ban on gain-of-function research. It's just a, a, a suspension of federal funding, but private funding goes on. Uh, every state should be looking at their early treatment response. Uh, in, in case there is a next pandemic, we should have a consumer product safety people involved on uh, any type of product safety, whether it's remdesivir or the vaccine. Anytime there's a novel crisis, we're not going to get everything right. And the government from the very beginning, thinking that every single thing they did was right, was it was obviously a giant um, miscalculation. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the mentality that starts that process where the government, we can't be wrong. And that's not how science and medicine works, right? Medicine's never perfect at the start of a crisis. It's, it's an applied science. Um, do you see more people going back um, and beginning to talk about the basics of science, which is debate is important. <laughs> we squelch debate. Um, more testing before we, we deploy to masses, uh, much more important than we, we gave during the COVID-19 era. Are there enough voices starting to go back to the basics, the, the singles and doubles of hitting in science right now? We're actually seeing a sweep the other way. We're actually seeing propaganda come into medicine. I've never thought I'd see this. But, you know, there's six propaganda terms that are creeping into medicine, and they are misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, uh, anti-vaxxer, anti-science, and conspiracy theorist. Believe it or not, these are in the medical literature. These are, these are coming, this comes out of the Third Reich of the propaganda office in Nazi Germany. These are propaganda terms creeping into medicine. No doctor should ever use these terms. We should always be discussing the data and issues at hand and not using these power dynamic pejorative terms. Yeah, it, it's remarkable. None of them have anything to do with science. Uh, and and yet they're, yeah, you're right. You see uh, in public speeches and public settings and presentations, those words are actually ramping up even more than I saw in 21, 22, when the first censorship regime was was coming down. We we had just the news had quite a bit of censorship for things that we now know were 100 percent true. We knew that they were true, but they've been proven true. Uh, and the the um, the reaction to this of the fact that the original censorship things were wrong, they've just doubled down on censorship. They're actually increasing the, the routine. Uh, what are the key antidotes to this mindset? Because it does seem to be so pervasive. We have to have discussion. We have to get back to roundtable discussions, grand rounds. Uh, we have to have, you know, summits on vaccine safety, have all the, the players there. The state legislatures have to get the hospital CEOs to the table and, and discuss lessons learned. What did we do wrong? 
you know, no hospital has emerged in the United States and said they're a center of excellence for COVID. No hospital claims to be any good at treating COVID, yet it was a leading diagnosis for 2020 and 2021. This is astonishing. They all want to be great at heart disease, great at cancer, but with COVID, none of them had really any innovation. We never saw the Harvard protocol or the Mayo protocol. There was no bravado when it came to COVID. And I tell you, the medical orthodoxy left Americans high and dry during COVID should never happen again. Yeah, that's very, um, it's such an important goal to achieve. And yet it seems for so many people today to be unachievable that the mindset is just so uh, rigidly against it. Um, as you look out now, I think a lot of people worried what, you know, we, we've seen some runs of viruses, more common viruses. I know a norovirus running around the Northeast recently. Uh, but what are the prospects that we could have a health crisis in 2024 that we're not prepared for? We're, we're being told disease X is coming. Remember, we were told that COVID was coming. That's right. Listened. Yeah. None of us listened. Fauci said it. Everyone said it. Peter Daszak, uh, him and Fauci, Ralph Barrick, Xingling Li, they're kind of the creators of SARS-CoV-2. They're telling us that, you know, disease X is coming. It's probably going to come out of a bio lab. Uh, it's probably going to be a respiratory virus. Peter Daszak, who's, who's got fresh funding from the National Institute of Health, is trying to create more infectious and deadly coronaviruses. Now he's working over in Singapore with Duke University. So I think we should be ready for another respiratory illness. Wellness companies got a great step up with the home kits. We believe we can cover most of the uh, the pathogens, certainly cover secondary bronchitis and pneumonias. Early treatment is always the way with pandemics, not vaccines. Yeah, it, it, that's always been the lesson. And it was always the playbook until this one. It's what's so remarkable about uh, the change. The playbook was just not followed here. Uh, in the uh, medical emergency kit, you get ivermectin, uh, Z-Pak, amoxicillin. What else comes along with it? Well, we have um, coverage for uh, critical uh, bronchitic infections, use of doxycycline, uh, we could handle an anthrax outbreak if it happens. Anthrax is a, is a bacteria. We also handle simple things like bladder infections, yeast infections. And we think the sophistication of the public is at the point where they can self-diagnose with some help from a guidebook and telemedicine if needed. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's really the innovative uh, moment that the wellness company started in this country. This is really a revolution and it's built on common sense. And I've seen just in the last year, a move towards telemedicine, even in just general practices and some of these corporate practices are all moving to it. And you know what? We're actually treated better. We get treated quicker uh, and we don't have to go through the bureaucracy. I think you've started something that is going to have a long time, a long lens, to, a long leg to it. When you look at Five years from now, will telemedicine be the predominant uh, 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 delivery system for moderate and e you know easy to treat uh, illness? You think? Yeah, I think it's going to be more and more prevalent. There's home diagnostic services. You know, people can get a blood draw at home, or even uh, an X-ray or ultrasound. We're using portable. Uh, I'm office based, but you know, I use a, a sophisticated ultrasound probe. But it, it, the, the, I use a laptop. I mean, a um, a iPad. Like You're an kidding. iPad actually is the integrative device. It's your brain center, right? Yeah. Where I, so it's going to become more and more lightweight. We're using a lot more genetics, uh, which is a simple swab down the mouth. It's very affordable, helps us risk stratify patients. I think we're going to see much more individualized medicine. So it's not going to be one size fits all. And the diagnostics and that just in time uh, availability helps telemedicine cuts down costs dramatically. So 
I think it's a win for everybody. It is. And it's it's speedier for the patient. I did a telemedicine visit not that long ago, and it just it made my life easier when I didn't feel well. It was perfect. And there's one other thing that I wanted to point out, because you are beyond your great medical and science credentials and your record of achievement. You also are a very charitable person. One of the things that the wellness company created is the wellness initiative. Tell us a little bit about that and what it's doing to help underprivileged communities. Yeah, Wellness Initiative is trying to, uh, again, provide when there's a need. For instance, they were there uh, with a chemical spill uh, in Ohio. There's been these crises that come up, and there's needs for testing. There's needs for clean water. Uh, Wellness Company has uh, a philanthropic vein uh, to the people at the Wellness Company, the the founder and CEO, uh, Foster Coulson. And you know, his father uh, founded Colson Aviation, one of the top um, you know, aviation companies in Canada. And it, it's really a good feeling to help people out. And the wellness company is there for that. Yeah, it's a really remarkable project. And uh, like I said, it, it is a, it's a disruptor, but in a positive way, it's forcing people to change conventions, adapt to the times in telemedicine. And what the wellness company has created is on the, the cutting edge of that. Dr. McCullough, it is always an honor to have you on the show. Always come out a lot smarter than when I came in. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Folks, if you want to go check out the Wellness Company, we've got some special offers. We're going to get those to you at the end of the show so they're fresh in your mind. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Hey, I want to give a shout out. This is such an important product and group. Alliance defending freedom. Our God-given freedoms are facing unrelenting attacks. You see it every day. Attacks on faith, on religion, on people of faith. It's a battle for truth. And the only way we win is if we stand together, right? That's what we've learned over the years. Thankfully, Alliance Defending Freedom has been defending rights for more than 30 years and winning. Right now, they're involved in two critical cases before the Supreme Court. They're suing the FDA for endangering the health and safety of women and girls. And in the second case, they're assisting the state of Idaho to defend its law, protecting the lives of women and their unborn children against the Biden administration's attempt to override their law and to force doctors to perform abortions. Now, they need your help. With your best gift, you can courageously join ADF in fighting critical Supreme Court cases against government lawlessness and help defend the cherished freedoms I know you hold dear to your heart. Go join ADF.org slash John. That's ADF.org slash John to give now. With your help, 
we can raise $5,000 by the end of March for ADF. So join ADF.org slash John to make your best gift right now. I know with your help, they and you can beat the goal and help make a generational difference for freedom. All right, that wraps up today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. It's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.